everybody, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I would like to talk about speaking fluently today and expressing yourself with fluency. Obviously, with this being a language learning podcast, fluency is something that comes up often. And what what I would specifically like to speak about today is one reason people are unable to communicate fluently, which has nothing to do with linguistic reasons. You see, often, maybe even usually, let's say often, often when people are unable to speak fluently in another language, it's due to linguistic reasons. For instance, they just don't know enough words yet. They haven't learned enough grammar yet. They're unable to apply the grammar rules in their mind properly. They, on and on. There's there, there are a variety of linguistic reasons that will impede people's ability to speak fluently in another language. This happens often. But for many people, the reason that they're unable to speak fluently is not a linguistic reason per se. In other words, they do have a pretty darn good grasp of a whole bunch of different vocabulary. They do have a really good grasp of the grammar, and they actually can conjugate in the past and the future. They do have decent pronunciation. They have all the elements. In fact, they can even put them together pretty well. But the challenge that they're facing is that even though they have the knowledge in their mind, there are a a variety of topics or a variety of social situations where you haven't actually had to put those words to use. Now, in simple terms, this might seem like a lack of practice, which is partially true. It's partially a lack of practice, but more specifically, I think we can get more specific with this, more specifically what it is, it's a lack of practice in a very, in specific social situations. Let me give you some examples here. So as you know, I speak French and Spanish incredibly fluently arguably as fluently as I speak English, or at least really close to that level of fluency. But the advantage that I have in English, for example, is that in English, I have a lot more, I've used English in a lot more social situations than I have French and Spanish. So, for example, I used to run a window window cleaning franchise using English. So when I had to deal with conflicts, very sticky conflicts with people, I would do that in English. And I got lots of practice doing that in English. Or when there were legal challenges with people that I was working with and we had to go a legal route with people, I got to practice using English in that scenario. Now, when I first started working at that company, I didn't have experience with those particular social situations, meaning that when I first encountered them, I would fumble over my words. I wouldn't be able to find the right words. I couldn't express myself clearly, not because I'm not not because I'm lacking fluency in English. No, not at all. Not at all. It's that I just didn't have experience using English in those situations. Now, with foreign languages this happens too. You does it ever happen to you? It probably has. Where you try you want to say something in another language and you try to say it but you can't really say it. And the moment someone tells you how to say it, you're like, oh, well, duh. You think to yourself, duh, that's how you say it. I knew that. Of course I knew that. I could have said that. I could have figured that out. But you didn't. 
And the reason you didn't is not because you forgot the words, it's not because you lacked the grammar knowledge, it's not because you hadn't practiced enough, it's just that you hadn't ever tried to express that thought before in the target language. Therefore, even though you technically speaking had the knowledge to do so, you would never express that specific thought before. And so you didn't, you couldn't quite figure out how to put the words together. You couldn't quite figure that out. And so, as a result, one of the keys to speaking a language fluently, or rather, let me be more specific, one of the non-linguistic keys, because we often talk about the linguistic keys, the grammar, the vocab, pronunciation, etc. One of the non-linguistic keys, or perhaps, actually, it might be a pragmatics. Anyway, I'm going to say I'm going to say non-linguistic, although there might be a linguistic connection as I'm like thinking about it. But for today, let's say non-linguistic. One of the non-linguistic keys is using language in a in a variety of social situations and practicing language in a variety of social situations to make you more flexible in the target language. Let me say that again. Use the language in a more in a wider variety of social situations to develop your flexibility with the language. So you're able to be more flexible and use the language in more flexible situations. A quick story for you. So I have used Spanish in a work environment before, meaning I've worked with people and I've spoken with them in Spanish. I've done that with French as well and actually have more experience doing it in Spanish, but now I've got a good amount of experience doing that in French. So managing working relationships in French and Spanish is something I feel pretty comfortable with now. Although two or three years ago, I probably didn't feel very comfortable doing that. But let me tell you something I'm not as experienced with, especially when it comes to French, especially with French. I'm not used to communicating with new students who want to make a, a lesson purchase or possibly make a lesson purchase in French or Spanish. I don't have as much experience with that. So literally, uh, when was this? Uh, like a week ago? No, a week ago? One or two weeks ago. I want to say one week ago. You know, I got a lead. I've never had this happen. I got a lead for lessons from someone who lives in France. I've never had a lead from lessons for lessons for someone who lives in France. It came through a referral and the, the it's, it's lessons for this man's daughter who's in high school. And so I'm talking to them, to the, to the, um, the father, we're emailing, we, we spoke on the phone and we're discussing the lesson prices and, and level assessments and, and the daughter's needs. And it was, it was really challenging. It was hard for me. Now on their end, they probably had no idea that it's challenging for me because, because, well, we'll get into that. There's a reason for it. There's something you can do when you're in difficult social situations that you don't know how to navigate. There's something you can actually do to make it still go pretty smoothly and I'll give you those pieces of advice in a second but but still it was quite it was really difficult for me it was hard and I've spoken French for 24 years now but I have not had a lot of practice in that situation now what do you do this is maybe the punchline of the whole podcast what do you do when you're in that kind of situation what do you do well I figured out a couple things that work really well they seem to work and they worked really well for me and if you can do it I think it will work for you too Number one, speak in very simple terms. Keep things super duper simple. Don't overcomplicate the language. When we speak in our first language or in a language we're very comfortable in, we have a way of, of 
painting with our words. We can get more artistic. We can use words in a, in a, I can't quite find the right word, but we can craft our words. Well, when you're speaking in another language, you don't have experience in that social situations. Speak directly and speak simply. That's it. That's a really big tip. Number two, I would think about number two, you have to, you have to move slowly. You have to speak slowly, like really slow. Don't say, um, but don't say, um, and er, and, and things like that. Just speak slowly. You're asked a question, pause a moment before you answer. Think through your words, speak slowly, slow the whole conversation down. That's key, really key. Number three, uh, think this is the time for you to translate from English to French or from your first language to the target language. Often, translating is not a great idea. You don't always want to translate from your first language to the to the target language. But when you're in a, a, a tight, not a tight situation, when you're in a situation where you're expressing yourself in a social situation, or even heck, you're expressing yourself about something you've never expressed yourself about. Never mind if it's a social situation, could be a class or whatnot. You know, sometimes, you know, in order to even figure out what words you really want to say, you've got to think in English first or in your first language first. You got to first go to your first language, say, okay, what do I even think about this? What would I even say in my first language? Now, once you've established, oh, that's what I would want to say. Oh, I would say this. Now go back to the target language and try to express that in simple terms. You might have to simplify it a little bit. I know some people say don't translate, but let me tell you, sometimes it's a nice crutch to rely on. I use it often when I'm in situations where I might have the technical knowledge to communicate in the target language, but I haven't done it. And so my brain doesn't, my brain has a hard time formulating the thoughts in that social situation. So I go ask English Azrin, hey, English Azrin, what would you say here in English? Then Mandarin Azrin or French Azrin goes, oh, that's what you would say. Okay, okay, that's what I got to figure out how to say. Okay, and then I go try to say that in the target language. So that's another uh, big piece of advice. I think those are the, those are the really big ones. Um, and uh, if it's on the phone, and last, the last one I'll say is, if possible, prepare in advance prepare in advance. That 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 helps a lot. So I'll, I'll give a great example. I had a meeting with someone, uh, not that, well, actually I've had a few meetings like this. I've had a few where I've had to have meetings in French about things that I knew that would be a little bit more challenging for me to have in French because I just hadn't practiced it a lot. So I prepared for 15 or 20 minutes beforehand. I thought through, where is this conversation likely going to go? What are the things I will likely have to respond to? What are the things I will likely have to say? Because, you know, when you go into a conversation, there's you can probably predict 50% of the conversation, maybe more. So you prepare for that. You prepare for that 50% plus. You prepare for it. You think through, what would I say? Oh, I would say that. Oh, I don't know how to say that word. Let me look that word up. Oh, let me write it down somewhere. Let me have some notes with me. Kind of like when you're going to give a presentation in your first language, a lot of people take notes and they, and they prepare. Well, the same way you prepare for a presentation, sometimes you're going to prepare just for a conversation with someone in the target language because you just don't have the practice. And in a way, you're kind of like an actor or an actress, even just to have that communication. You have to kind of act. It's almost like acting in a way where you're memorizing certain scripts and words and, and how will you react if this person says that. 
Because in your first language, you don't need to always prepare, right? To have a normal conversation. But Lord, in your target language, you might have to. You might have to. So there's some food for thought. Now, the last thing I want to say is nothing to do with language learning. It's only going to take me a minute or two. I'm just saying it because I'm trying to process this myself right now. And I've been trying to process this for a while. I, I, I guess you could say it's been a theme in my life. But it's been a theme in my life and I'm trying to be more precise with it lately and I'm trying to really figure it out because I don't think it's a I don't think it's good and I have to figure out what's going on I here's the level of resolution here is the depth here how do I say this here's what I've identified the problem to be that I'm trying to figure out I seem to have a problem with luxury with I'm sorry I seem to have a problem with people who who uh, who purchase or do luxurious things. So if you go on your nice beach vacation where it's on this five-star resort and you drink your margaritas, something about that bo- something about that bothers me. Um, or if you're buying things that are very luxurious, that really nice dress from Gucci or does Gucci even make dresses? I don't even know. Gucci belt, I think they make belts where you make a luxurious purchase and or I think there's a connection I also have a problem with people doing things for status I've been trying to figure this out because there's a problem and I judge it and I don't I don't want to judge it but the only reason I can the only way I cannot judge it is for me to understand why am I judging it understand why people do it put, be able to put myself in those in those shoes I've mentioned this on the podcast before it's not the first time I've I've talked about this a while back. I don't think I put it in these words because I haven't, you know, in the past, I don't think I was able to narrow it down to the level of detail as I have now. I used to think it was an issue with people who had money, but I don't think that's it because I, I don't think that's it. I don't have an issue with people having money. Like, I really don't. Um, like, I don't have an issue with billionaires or I, I don't have, or even millionaires or even people that are just upper middle class. I don't have an issue with that. I think what it is, it's where it's, where there's something to do with luxury, extravagance, and I think they're connected, and social status. When people do things for social status. I've got some there's something about that that bothers me, and I can't figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I will figure it out, but I haven't quite done so yet. You know, here's an example. If someone told me they bought they had seven Ferraris and four Lamborghinis and one Maserati. Okay, that's a pretty extreme example. And they had it in the garage of their really big house. No, let's say they had, they told me they have a big house where they store these, these cars. And let's say they told me that because they were actually intrinsically passionate about those cars. They can tell me, well, this Ferrari has this and can do this and I like this. And when I was a kid, I grew up you know, working in a Ferrari dealership. And I always thought maybe I'd have one one day and it was really cool. I had the opportunity. Now I have it. I really love the engine and this, and look at how cool this one looks. Oh my God, that all this. And I have a big house for the garage because I love these cars so much. And I have these 12 cars. Oh my God, I love them. And that's super different. I don't judge that. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. So clearly it's not the owning fancy things or just the extravagance or just the big spent, not necessarily. I think there's something to do when when people do it for social status. I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I wanted to bring it up on the podcast as a way for me to process this 
sometimes I get messages from people when I say things like this and it kind of helps me process what's going on in my mind but I need to figure it out because I don't think it's good I don't think it's a very healthy thing that I'm doing for myself um and the thing is like geez like a lot of people do stuff that are even just a little bit extravagant so like for me to judge it is really a bad idea because I'm the one who's wrong. You know, I've had this happen before. I used to severely, harshly in my mind, judge people who drank. I used to harshly judge drinking. And, uh, like, I really, really felt this, like, I felt uh, a certain vis, I had a visceral, visceral reaction to drinking. I had a visceral reaction to drinking for a long time before I was even 18, probably since the age of like nine or something. I had a vis, maybe even younger. I had a visceral reaction to it. And that one, oh, I wonder if there's a connection. That one, there's a variety of reasons for it. There's a bunch. One of the reasons, one of many, was I didn't like that people did things that made them lose control over their own faculties. I didn't like that. I thought it's I, something about that used to really bother me. I used to not like Coca-Cola for the same reason. I used to watch my cousin get really hyper off of Coca-Cola. I thought it was really stupid and like, we're well, not stupid, but I really didn't like it. It bothered me on a deep level. I didn't like that people got tricked by advertisements when I was a kid. I was like, no, how do you, no, you can't let them trick you. Like when I was really young, I used to think that way. So drinking was partially connected to that, but I used to be visceral to people drinking, like absolutely visceral. And then I learned, like over time, I learned why I was wrong. I understood why I was wrong. And and I, I'm not a drinker now. I drink very rarely. But honestly, the way I got over it was, I, I can't remember what happened and why, but like I drank a couple times and I just drank. And I, I, I think there was one day in particular, I remember where I was like, I just need to, I just, something happened that day. And I drank, I didn't care. I just, I'm just gonna let it go for today. I wanna just explore this. When people go to the club, we're going to go to the club. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to be a part of it. Uh, it's the only time I was ever hungover. I don't really want to be hungover, to be honest. Like, it's not a big thing for me, like, whatever. But I just had to do it. And then I don't know if it was that was the day I stopped judging it so viscerally. I don't know if that was the day or not. But anyway, let's just say that drinking, I, I learned through personal experience, through thinking about it, that, okay, I was clearly in the wrong. And here's why I was wrong. And I've let that go completely. And I, because I... I know the feeling I have now towards what I'm using now is luxury extravagance and doing things for, for status purposes. I feel the same way I feel about that as I did about drinking. And because it's the same emotion and everyone does it, clearly I'm wrong. I just need to figure out how to I need to figure out how to unravel that. Maybe I need to do something similar as I did for drinking. I need to go take a week or something and behave that way, hang out with those people like and do that. And just to understand it. I don't know. Anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. Have a nice day, guys. I got to go teach now. So I guess, um, um, yeah, I guess we'll speak soon. Bye for now.